Welcome to Nature Centered, a podcast from Wild Birds Unlimited about feeding the birds and enjoying nature right in your own backyard. Here are your hosts, naturalists John Schaust and Brian Cunningham. Hey everyone, I'm John Schaust. And I am Brian Cunningham. And welcome to episode number 45. And we're going to be talking about something that if you use it, will bring the birds to your backyard. Yes, John, a bird food that's actually fun. It's the single food that has attracted over 150 species of birds across North America, which is amazing. We're also going to do a little sharing about our birding adventures uh, over the, the holiday break and some of the things that we saw on our Christmas bird count. So that'll be fun. And stick around towards the end because we've got a fun little thing about where are flying squirrels being found outside of their regular range. Yeah, so how much fun are we going to have, huh? Definitely. So stick around, learn all about this one bird food that can really bring a lot of fun to bird feeding. And if you've been feeding for a while, take it to a whole new level. All right, Brian, park butter. Now, I have to say, this is kind of breaking with our tradition and with our normal way of doing this program. You and I really just want to talk about the joy of backyard birding and bird watching and nature in general. Oh, and we yes. rarely focus on a specific Wild Birds Unlimited product. And so this is hoping people will stick with us for a few minutes because, if, you know, if you, if you think we're just going to be pushing a product for the sake of pushing a product, no, we're not. We're <laughs> no. not. We, as Brian said, we're both geeked and have been for, gosh, Brian, how long has it been? <laughs> a long time on this product and ten, really, ten really, plus years. Yeah, yeah. And we really feel truly that that this, if you want to change the game in your backyard, mm -hmm. this is a food if you've never tried it that oh, will real. change the game in your backyard. So we don't normally just you know, talk about one of our products, but in the context of bringing joy to your backyard and to your bird watching at your house uh wow this fits this fits the bill totally most most definitely um but before we jump into talking all about yeah. this really yeah. cool food happy new year dude hey happy new year <laughs> what a what a great turn of the year and yeah. fresh brand new start right so john you had the uh the christmas bird count and yeah you're, you're the count compiler for one and i love yeah. always helping with that how'd that turn yeah. out we had a good well the the weather the weather wasn't great it was kind of a rainy gloomy morning and, and it was a uh, it was a cold wet morning and yeah cold and wet and the, and the birds were uh you know kind of hiding out for for much of the morning but then they I, my experience where i was counting uh is that i don't know probably about 10:30 things just broke loose and man oh man oh man i started seeing all kinds of stuff really quick in large numbers so that that was fun good. um good, good how about you how about you? I, I had a great time helping with that Christmas bird count. I always, for our listeners, I always have a, a spot that I help um, lead in that area because it's a really big state park and we break into three different groups. Yeah. Uh, and I was so impressed how many people actually showed up because, you know, yeah. when you're talking 40 degrees and rain at, you know, at sunrise and who wants to really show up, we had plenty of people show up. And so that worked out really well. And there are other Christmas bird counts that are going on in the area. And I think most of them were pretty successful. Lots of participation and yeah. really good birds getting counted and all that information going to science. Uh, 
So yes. really glad that that was happening. We had really solid numbers in the, in the uh, we had some fun, fun, uh, different birds in the sense of in the mix were some uh, scoters. So that was way cool. We had another team uh, who uh, had a Merlin put on quite the show for them. Uh, Merlin's Sweet. not a common, yeah, Merlin, I, I'd have to go back in the records and see how often we've had Merlins, but they're few and far between. Yes. And they watched it have lunch. Uh, it had managed to, <laughs> cool. they watched this bird for about 30 minutes uh, as it, it uh, had lunch on a, on a house sparrow. Oh. Uh, so that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the food chain is not a pretty sight, but nope, nope, it's nope. interesting. <laughs> it is always interesting. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, John, yeah. we haven't told people what bark butter is. <laughs> <laughs> We're just so excited yeah, we about We get this. so geeked out, yeah. <laughs> Basically, it is a mixture, and it's something that's actually been around for quite a while. Uh, but in the in the past, and historically, and 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 the, and the basic uh, formula for uh, bark butter is a combination of suet, uh, some type of fat suet, preferably peanut butter, and usually some type of like cornmeal or or some type of uh, uh, you know, typically it's cornmeal. Ground oats or ground corn or something that creates peanuts. a binder. Or, yeah, 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 or even ground yeah. peanuts. It creates a binder for all those things to come together. And historically, yeah. it was called a bird pudding. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, 100 years or more, people have been making bird puddings. I always think yeah. about in, in the UK, people eat puddings. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's kind of like that because puddings usually have fats in them, fats and proteins. Uh, and... This is a bird pudding. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. Not my pudding. <laughs> we Americans have Americanized the I'll take chocolate puddings. or vanilla, please. <laughs> oh, it, so bark butter is that. It's a bird pudding. It's a, it's a spreadable suet is another way of talking about it. And yeah, yeah the, the story behind this was the, the founder, president, CEO, Jim Carpenter yeah, for Wild Birds Unlimited. And he's been on the podcast before. Uh, he was pretty geeked out about, he's always been pretty geeked out about bird feeding. And he saw brown creepers working this little brown bird, little white belly, camouflage brown speckled back. Um, they, they walk up tree trunks looking for insects and insect eggs and, and larvae and all sorts of things in the crevices of tree bark. And he was like, how do I get those things closer so I can watch them? And thought, we have all these different bird foods, so these guys aren't coming to any of them. How do I draw them in? And decided, let's try this. Uh, let's basically make his own bird pudding. And started creating a formula, just like a lot of other people, like I said, in the past had done. And figured out this great mix. It took him a, a while. Uh, he's yeah. never really <laughs> said how many years it took him to do this. But uh, uh, we do have a video you can go and listen to of his story, his testimony, and uh, his wife, um, and who may or may not have accidentally sampled bark butter with some crackers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll have and that put in the up show with, notes. Put up with Jim messing up her kitchen for thirty years or whatever. I'm it saying. Was. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. My wife would probably be like, "Fine, you can go for it. You have to clean everything up." But he finally he got this really great recipe. That he then made on a regular basis. And it worked. It brought the brown creepers right up to the feeders outside the window. I was part of that whole process, Brian, and, and as were you. Mm -hmm. uh, we were around back in those days. And what, what did we figure it out? It was in the 2007, 2008. 
it was about 2007, I think, when we yeah. actually rolled it out to the public, yeah. which means we were working on it for a few years before that. Yeah, we, we spent two or three years because the bottom line is we we wanted to make it right. And, mm-hmm. and Jim was very, very adamant about the fact that it had to be just the right consistency and just the right moisture content and just the right uh, texture. Yep. Uh, as, to, as, to mimic, if he, yeah. as if he had made yeah. it in his own kitchen. Exactly. That's what he wanted so, to be able to sell. And if we couldn't, if we couldn't match it, scrap, scrap the project. One of the things I want to back up for just a second, if you don't mind, Brian, and that is the, you know, a lot of the birds that are really and do become your really consistent visitors on bark butter, the creepers and woodpeckers and nuthatches and kinglets and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. They're kind of the birds in the wintertime, especially that you see walking over every tree limb, walking yes. over the bark, picking and gleaning and and one of the cool things about that, and this is this is where bark butter with its high fat and protein is really kind of a mimicking nature because these birds are still finding insects. In the middle of winter, they're finding insects, they're finding insect eggs, uh, larvae, that type of thing. But they're actually finding insects. One of the really cool things that I've come across in uh, the recent year is the fact that you know some of these, everybody knows what an inchworm is, right? That little bitty... Inchworm larva yeah. that, that, that cinches Inches itself along, up and right? then spreads out and cinches up and spreads out to move. Those those are widespread and universal. Yes. And they have what's known as freeze tolerance. They literally overwinter in that inchworm state. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is they have the ability to basically freeze solid without damaging those cells. So that when they warm back up, they magically have that little spark of life left in them, and they're mm-hmm. able to to move on. It's like a well, little natural it, antifreeze in their body. Exactly, exactly. There's a couple of different ways to do it. Some of them do do actually manufacture a form of antifreeze. Other ones right. purify their cells, so there's actually no impurities to create that first. You know, ice has to form around a, a particle of some form. Right. Uh, so different different methods on how they do it, but the bottom line is. They're popsicles. They're insect sickles. They're, they're, and, and these inchworms just literally, they don't hide for the most part because they're so well camouflaged. They literally will just freeze on the outside of a limb, on the side of a tree, you know, bark or wherever. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these birds that are attracted to bark butter historically are working those trees and you watch them. They're trying to find those insect eggs and that larvae and those inchworms and those other insects that are out there. And so that's where bark butter plays, you know, a replacement role of something that's actually happening in nature in the sense of providing those fats and proteins that they would normally get from the insects, which it just blows your mind. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. In the middle of mm-hmm. winter, these things <laughs> right. are finding insects? Really? But yep. they are. And so that's that's what's cool about bark butter is it, it plays that role. And those are the birds that become your real, true, blue, day in and day out visitors. And so many different birds that pass through our yards, and, and especially during migration. Um, it's what a wonderful time to be able to have a food out that you can draw those birds in closer. You know, and talking about the warblers, um, counting it up, I think we're about 16 different species of warblers. Are we, are we really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and you're talking Orioles, Orioles across yeah. uh, the country. As Orioles come through in the spring and hang out in the summer and then 
drop back down to the south. We have five different species of Orioles regularly coming to bark butter. Uh, and that's kind of a different bird. You can get them with nectar and with jelly and sometimes mealworms as well. But all the jays, um, it's one of those really cool too, flycatchers. A lot of folks have black Phoebes or Eastern Phoebes that hang out near around their house. How do you get a black Phoebe or an Eastern Phoebe to come in closer and, and, and hit a food so you can watch them more closely? Bark butter is one of those foods that you can do that with. So, I mean, things yeah. like that are so cool. Yeah. And you can have a lot of fun with it, too. Besides just spreading it on a tree trunk, you can put it on a feeder. But the other thing on a tree trunk is, you know, you can make little shapes. Um, you can make smiley faces or use cookie cutters and make little um, you know, cookie cutter shapes of the bark butter on the tree and just have a good time with that. Have the birds come in and see how they feed on it. I think some of my favorite too, and just, you know, they're kind of typical birds, but they're not typical, reliable backyard bird feeding birds. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, robins. Yes. Robins love Ooh. this stuff. <laughs> Catbirds <laughs> love this stuff. Yep. You know, uh, some of our thrushes that migrate through oh. Indiana and, and overwinter and, and, you know, southern climes, but come back to for breeding. Yeah. Uh, they love this stuff, especially oh. during migration. And those western thrushes, like the yeah. most beautiful thrush of all, I yeah. think. Just the most colorful, the varied thrush. And the best song in the world. Oh, yeah. Just <laughs> so ethereal and haunting. It's yeah. so cool. And they come down out of the, the upper elevations in wintertime, and you can capture them with bark butter. Uh, man, just so cool. But some of the other really gorgeous birds, too. Tanagers. Yeah, you have in the east and as well as the west, uh, you get the western tanager, which is like this multicolored, beautiful bird. Yeah. But then summer tanagers and scarlet tanagers, too. Uh, those are not your typical backyard feeding birds and definitely definitely up in the trees mid to upper height feeding on all the different kinds of foods but you can we're capturing more and more we're hearing more and more stories especially of the western tanager learning about bark butter and hitting people's feeders yeah but brian mm -hmm. we're forgetting one of the most important in my opinion which one's that Bluebirds. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> bluebirds. Bluebird, you want a game changer in your yard to attract bluebirds to your feeders. Mm-hmm. Bark butter is your ticket. Yep. They, and it, it made all the difference in my yard. I know, I think, believe the same thing exactly happened to you, Brian. Oh, with for sure. Bark they butter is what really it. brought them into my feeders and has kept them at my feeders. Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of brings us to the fact that it's not just the spreadable bark butter. We exactly. actually have bark butter in a couple of different forms. Mm-hmm. And one of them is kind of a round little, it's about the size of a pea, uh, uh, bark butter bits. and, and uh, Yeah, it's almost it, like it's, little balls. We, yeah, we call them yeah. bits. Yeah. yeah. And bluebirds go crazy over them. And, and yep. uh, you just put them in some kind of a tray feeder and they go nuts on them and become regular customers, at your, oh, especially in the wintertime. Especially well, in the wintertime. And, and starting off, those bits might seem a little big for a bluebird. So I crumbled some of them. I just squeezed them down. Yeah. And that's what got my bluebird started on Bark Better Bits. And now they break the bits down themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll feed those bits year round. Yeah. Uh, which is really great, especially once you get to that nesting season and to watch them take a few extra mouthfuls to babies. <laughs> that was just so cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, Evan, our producer, which I, I remember, Evan, when you first came on, uh, 
you came over to my house to do a photo shoot. And one of the main things we had a brand new, we had a brand new window feeder, you know, Mm -hmm. suction cups to your window has a little tray feeder and had bark butter bits in it. And we needed to get some shots of it. And so you came over to my house to do that and just blew your mind. Because <laughs> <laughs> there were literally four, five, six bluebirds on the feeder at one time. That's and so other cool. bluebirds sitting in the trees and, and, and flying around. Uh, it, it does not get any cooler than that. To have that kind no, of congregation yeah. of bluebirds on your living room or family room window to mm-hmm. where you're just sitting there watching them from about five feet away. That's it is best. awesome. It is awesome. People pay for that kind of experience. There, yeah. there really were. There were like a dozen <laughs> different bluebirds coming in and out of that. I've never seen anything, even in the years I've still been doing this since that, yeah. like, never seen anything like it. Which, by the way, I sent the invoice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll have my people call your people. <laughs> Love it. But yeah, so I mean, it is a game changer. There's no question. And and the game changer, because I could do that, was the fact that we make hot pepper bark butter yes. bits and hot pepper you know, spreadable and everything. Because squir- if I just put it on that, win- <laughs> yeah, if I put it on that window feeder and didn't have the hot pepper, mm-hmm. uh, it'd, it'd be the squirrels and our raccoons would have that thing taken down in no time. But the hot pepper keeps them from doing that and allows that window feeder to stay on there and undisturbed. Uh, so the bluebirds have full uh, approach to it. Oh, for sure. You know, and, and that reminds me, and you're talking about hot pepper bark butter. Um, one of the things that we were trying to figure out, we created the bark butter, and then we started having the issues every once in a while with squirrels or raccoons, you know, critters getting to it. And we have we have different kinds of options. We've talked about that, or this or that on the past on different episodes where you can baffle or do all sorts of different kinds of deterring options to keep that food available to the birds. Well, we did decide, let's let's try to figure out a hot pepper version. Uh, and what's really cool is because you can take that spreadable bark butter and put it at the base of a tree or down in a tray feeder that's down low to the ground to try to capture other birds like the robins yeah. uh, and different thrushes and, uh, it's really, really amazing to watch when a robin comes up to the base of a tree or a feeder and feeds on bark butter. It's just so cool. Uh, but back in the day when we were testing the hot pepper to get the right formulation, so it would be just the right amount of heat, uh, I had applied it on the, the tree, nice and low <laughs> like I've been doing, and my dog was outside with me, and I heard, <laughs> I turn around, I'm like, it's gone. And my dog looks up at me with this smile, like, can I have more? (laughs) So my dog loved hot pepper bark butter, the little spiciness to it. Uh, So crazy stuff. We do not recommend it for pets. We do not recommend it for a spread on bread for people to eat. (laughs) This is a bird food. (laughs) Say, what what kind of dog food are you feeding that dog on a regular basis? (laughs) We didn't know she liked spicy foods until that point. All right, Brian, I think we've uh, covered bark butter pretty thoroughly. What do you think? Oh, I I think people understand our excitement (laughs) about bark butter, maybe what it could do for you. What what kind of birds could you draw closer in your yard with bark butter and really have a lot of fun with a a new food and experience new birds or new bird behaviors? Yeah, it's 
it's not only the best bird food for your backyard, it's the most fun bird foods. So yes. We'll leave it yes. at that. We did come across something again, thanks to Evan. He and actually, I saw it over the break too. A kind of a neat little story, and, and it goes back to when? When was our episode on squirrel? What what number was that? I believe the squirrel episode was episode thirty six. Thirty six, and that was a really popular episode. We had a lot of people listen to squirrels, and so when when Evan spied this new little fun tidbit about flying squirrels in Nebraska. He yeah. thought he thought we should share it, and I agree with him. So, kind of an interesting well, and, story. Well, wait, and who knew? Nebraska, the plains <laughs> state, right? Prairies, cornfields. Where do flying squirrels live? They live in trees. <laughs> Lots of dense forested areas. <laughs> so, yeah. flying squirrels in Nebraska for real? Yeah, apparently the University of Nebraska at Lincoln has. Uh, actually been seeing flying squirrels recording here and there uh i don't know for sounds like a number of years but the the maintenance crew was taking down some dead trees at the college of natural resources <laughs> oh, appro- near and dear to my heart the natural resources uh, yeah. right <laughs> how appropriate and when they dropped the tree it was a hollow dead tree when they dropped a tree these these strange looking Squirrels came running out of the tree and the maintenance crew was like, what are those? And somebody got a video and took it to the professor in the natural resources school. And they figured out that they had had flying squirrels living on their campus. How cool was that? Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Cause they're pretty, you know, they, they, I think uh, we looked up the range and I think the only place that they're really common is along the Eastern edge yeah, yeah. Uh, of of Nebraska and, and yeah, so southern. southern flying squirrel right yeah. along the yeah. eastern edge. But even even um, Nebraska fishing game, uh, that Department of Natural Resources they have, they said it's they don't have a lot of them in the yeah. state. Yeah, uh, it's it's uncommon to see them. Yeah, it's considered and, a, the a northern, threatened species. Yeah, yeah, but the northern flying squirrel that's not even part of their natural range, Nebraska. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's amazing to have flying squirrels yeah. there, but. Kudos yeah. to the university putting up a, a nest box for them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We took away their home. Let's let's <laughs> let's give them a new home. So that's wonderful that they're trying to take care of them. I, I love it when they walk the walk, you know, because that's yes. that's exactly what they should do. And actually, it's kind of inspired me. I I have lived in the same location for almost thirty years. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, I have seen flying squirrels or heard flying squirrels only a handful of times in that 30 years, but okay. I know they're here. So I've kind of gotten inspired by what they did to maybe nice. go out in my garage. I, I actually put a heater. I now have heat in my garage. That's a separate garage. So I can actually work in my garage in the wintertime without freezing to death. <laughs> there you go. So one of the projects I may take on here in the next couple of weeks is to build a couple of flying squirrel nest boxes and get them up in my trees and see what happens. Well, that'd be awesome. Let me know if it works because I've got boxes up and they're just not utilizing them yet. So if it works for you, I want to hear your tricks. There there you go. There you go. All right, Brian. Probably time to wrap it up and let these folks uh, get on with their life. What do you think? I think that would be great. You know, I do appreciate everyone joining us today and tuning in, listening to Bark Butter. And I hope you hung in with us the whole time because we get so geeked out about this. It's a great food that really is a lot of fun, and it brings so much joy to the bird feeding hobby. So, you know, if you use it, they will come. You might need to do a little (laughs) tweaking, maybe crumble it a little, put it in different places, but 
they'll show up and you're going to have a lot of fun with this. So rate and review us. We'd love to hear your experience about Park Butter uh, or other products as well. So appreciate everyone listening in. And if you are listening to Brian and I today and hopefully enjoyed it, we'll hope that you too will come next time when we talk about the Great Backyard Bird Count and some of the really cool birding locations around U.S. and even into Canada that we've had the chance to do some uh, birding and lead some bird tours over the years. So should be a lot of fun if you'd like to travel and see birds. Uh, But as always, until that day, Brian and I are going to just let nature continue to be our guide. So please take care and be safe. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Nature Centered. To subscribe to this podcast, for show notes, or to connect with the Wild Birds Unlimited store nearest you, visit wbu.com slash podcast. Until we meet again, take some time to relax, enjoy the birds, get out in your backyard, and stay nature-centered. <laughs>